This is a Chazara of the Shir that we had on Shabbos, Parshas Buchu Kaisai. The Mechaver has promised to take us on a to take us on a journey. To take us on a journey, not to another country, not to another place, not to another planet. A journey into ourselves. And at the end last week, we were learning about how there were people at the time. It's not so long ago that there were people on the other side of the world who were discussing and wondering and questioning whether or not there's a place called America, or before it was called America, whether there exists such a place. And throughout all the time of those discussions, there was a there was a continent that was inhabited by thousands and thousands of people who had lives, families, children, and so on. The only problem was that it wasn't yet revealed, it wasn't yet seen, it wasn't yet known. What he was explaining at the end last week, we were talking about how there's an oilam hapnimi, there's an inner world inside each and every one of us, which is borer muchlat vadai, which is clear, absolute, and certain, more certain than the existence of the world that we see with our eyes. The problem is that we've spoken about it all of our lives. We talk about it, we think about it, we've read books about it, we dream about it, we wonder what it's like, and we've never been there. And and it's time for us to discover that Oilam HaPnimi within ourselves. It's been here all along, but we just don't know about it. We've never been there. So the Tachlis of the Sefer is to help us actually be able to touch, to feel, to experience that Oilam HaPnimi, that inner world, that inner life that we've been learning about and thinking about and talking about all these years. So let's continue on page Ahin Beis. It's absolutely clear to each and every one of us. That human being, a human being, even though physically the human being is made of bones and of flesh, of gidim, of basa, but it's clear to every person, to any intelligent, normal person, that that's not the entirety of what a human being is. Atzamis and or bones and flesh. Each and every person knows that there's some mysterious, intangible, untangible thing that's inside of him. There's something inside of him that is him, that gives life and vitality. And when that, when that mysterious kayach disappears. When it leaves man, then the person can no longer continue living. This is clear and this is obvious to everybody. We don't think about it, we don't feel it, we're not aware of it. But when a person dies, for the little while after the person dies, when Lo'aleinu you're looking at the individual, the person, the nice is on the bed. So you see in front of you that same tzura, that same image of a human being that consists of bones and skin and flesh and so on, the eyes and the ears and the teeth and the hair. For that little while, while the person is still in the room, before the kavu, before he's been buried, so that you see in front of you the image of a human being. As far as, as, far as the physical matter with which a human being is made. All of that is intact. But if you try talking to him, if you stare at him for a minute or two, you see that there's something, of course, that's dramatically changed. First of all, he can't move anymore. He can't move, not only that he can't move his limbs, he's not breathing, he's not living, he's not functioning anymore, he's not alive. So this is a clear proof and sign. That the mitzias of what defines the human being is clearly not just chaymer, it's not just physical matter. Or when we were in high school, they always said there was a dollar ninety-eight uh, worth of 
supplies that makes a human being. Now maybe it's, it has to be at least as much as a gas, uh, a gallon of gas. So figure four or five dollars, whatever a human being costs for that amount of meat and for that, uh, for the water and for the, uh, for the hair, all of that, the physical ingredients clearly do not make a human being. When the person dies, all the physical ingredients, at least for the time being, are intact. But a man is not here, a human being is not here. We understand that every intelligent person knows that a human being is a metzias that consists of physical matter and something that's called ruach. Again, in every society, there are different names for that mysterious thing we call life. And the scientists have identified certain signs of life and how to define life as a big machlaikas by all the scientists, by all the philosophers, by all the chaykun. But one thing is clear, that the bones and the, the bones and the flesh, the hair and so on, the nails, are the ziches nishkan mensch. That's for sure not the human being. It's not the human being. Everybody knows this. It is obvious to any intelligent person. And this is not anything new for anybody to hear. There's no chiddush in this. The problem is like many things in life, and of course the Bhavavi speaks about this in all of his svarim. There, there are certain things that we know, and we live with it, we, we breathe, we, we think of every minute, and there are other things that it's yidiya ba'alma. It's Yidiv Alba means that it's, I know this. It's a piece of information that's, it's a piece of information that is registered in my in my mind. But if it is by name now, let's take a deeper look. This Koyach Ruchni, whatever this is, whatever you want to call it, this this spiritual energy, this thing that is somehow life, that we know exists inside of us. This 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 chiyas, this life, this inner life. It's not something that is added to us. It's not some additional, extra, nice. Uh, you know that a human being comes. You can get a model that comes with it. There are sort of models that are sold without it. There's no such thing as human life without this without this chiyas pnimis shikayim banu. Do we feel it? Do we feel it? Chavm Aisai. Do we experience it? Do we think about it? Mishtam Shemitah. Do we use it? Of course, it's in us, and it, therefore it, enli- it enlivens us, it animates us, it gives us life. But do we feel this? Do we experience it? Do we think about it? Lo'aleinu, if a person, if a person is not well, and, and chas v'sholem, he's hospitalized, and even God forbid, He's paralyzed. So every single second, the person then longs for the return of that energy, that energy that he had. I mentioned on Shabbos how uh, there was a sadistic game that uh, that the children used to play in the pool. There were the perpetrators and there were the victims, like everything else in life. But I happened to be one of the victims. I don't recall ever being a perpetrator of this. Maybe I was, but I've just tried to remove it from my mind, from my memory. But a victim I certainly was. That there was the bully from the Chavah that was uh, in the pool. And uh, and one of the things that the, that the bully would find most entertaining, we used to have contests how long you could hold your breath under the water. But that was one thing when it was with your own Bechir Chavshis. But then there was sometimes that the bully wanted to experiment with somebody else to see how long can Maisha, how long can, can Beryl and Yakel and Shmerl, how long can they stay under the water before they die. So we were uh, we were held when you're held under the water, and you, and you feel like mamishia the hafisas hakaychas that you don't that you can't live. So that very same thing that you took that you always take for granted, breathing, breathing. You know that feeling that you have the second that 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 the that the, that the mishugna pulls you up from the water, and, and you have that you take that first breath, so that then for the first time it could be in your entire life. Unless you weren't well, but for the first time in your entire life, you felt the oxygen. You were aware of the oxygen. You experienced the oxygen. You experienced life. It's a very strong taste of life when you were being deprived of life, as it is with everything else. When you're deprived of something, 
And for the first time, it could be that for the, for the first time that you actually experience it in the field is when, after being de- deprived, with God's help, you get it back. But otherwise, the question is, do we really feel this Kayach Ruchni, which I'm just using oxygen, of course, as an example. Air, oxygen, is not the Kayach Ruchni HaPnimi. But as a muscle that we could identify with, that we could understand, breathing is something certainly that is happening all the time. But unless there's some, unless there's some problem with the with the program, we just go on and we don't think about it, we don't feel it. Do we live it? Do we experience it? Do we feel it? And do we use it? Again, we use it only insofar as the Baruch Shalom has infused it within us, and as long as everything is okay, we we're always using it. But do we make use of it? Do we make use of it? Throughout the Sefer we're going to learn how do we make use of the Koyach HaRuch Nehepnimi? How do we actually take charge and take hold of this, of this strange Koyach that's inside of us? Vim Kain, and if I, and if I do use this, then Bameh. Then how? With what? To Bavadai, Shonim Ishtam Shem There's no question. Of course we're using this chiz. We're using this life force. The very, the very fact that we're moving, that we're able to speak, and we're able to think, all of that is only because of that ruchni pnimi, that koyacha pnimi ruchni that's inside of us. So movement, speech, thought, all of that is only because of the Kaya Haruchni. And the second that a person Olenu dies, the second that the person dies, so he's, there's no longer any movement, uh, there's no longer any speech, there's no longer any, there's no longer any machshavis. Avalahim hashimush, hushimush muda. But is our use of the Koyach HaPnimi, HaRuchni HaPnimi, is it a conscious use? Are we conscious of it? Are we aware of this energy? Do we think about it? Do we feel it? Does a person ever stop and think that at this very moment that I'm speaking, this very moment that I'm breathing, this very moment that I'm moving my hand, that I'm batting my eyes, at this very moment I am using a very precious and deep and remarkable Kayach Pnimi, this inner energy, this Kayach of life. Or perhaps... Not perhaps, but this is how we live. That I'm using this what? That I, I only, I, I feel that that this kachapnimi is the same way that I, the same way that I am, uh, I don't think about walking, talking, I don't think about thinking, I don't think about breathing, and so on. It's just another part of my existence. In other words, I have legs that carry me, I have hands that move, and all of these. Uh, all of this is, it's a chilek of my goof. So there's another part of my goof. Another part of my body is life. Life is a part of my body. So, the way that my eyes and my ears are a part of my body, so too, life, the haruchni apnimi, that is the source of life, is one of the chalakim of my body. It's an extension. It's a more, I understand, it's a more sublime, it's a more complicated, it's a more, uh, it's, it's more of a remarkable uh, Part of my body, but self self. It's a part of my body. And there are many people, there are many people yes. throughout history, and there are different schools of thought, who have explained it as such. The dogma, for example. Adam Heilich, a person is walking. If everything is well, he's walking. He's using his legs and feet to walk. We understand that there is no such thing as walking legs. If if legs are amputated from the from the body, and the legs are no longer attached to the they no longer have that that life force, that energy. That ruach, we understand that legs on their own. You, you, uh, to the best of my knowledge, I never heard like a WWINS, you know, helicopter reporting just two legs walking along the street someplace. 
legs on their own are not able to walk, we understand that the raglaim is is a higher raglaim levad any nichelus alaches. Legs on their own don't are not able to walk. They don't have a leg to stand on. And the proof is what we said. Here you have an amazing thing. A minute ago, not only is this guy able to walk, not only are these legs powerful, powerful machines, these legs, that are walking, but you can have a person that was, was an Olympic runner, a, 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 an unbelievable athlete, a person who's, who's, who's uh, running and jumping and... Uh, uh, and the, these legs are the healthiest legs in the world, the most gewaldige, powerful legs in the world. And then, God forbid, the guy has a heart attack, and he and he and he, chalila, he falls down, he he dies. So then you say, Mele, Mele, the guy is dead. But the legs, what about those legs? I understand that his heart stopped. I understand. I understand that his breathing stopped. So there's a problem with his heart, or there's a problem with his lungs. I understand. He's not answering our questions right now because something went wrong with his mind. I understand that. So the legs are gewaldic. Two minutes ago, this guy was this guy was running, you know, the 100-yard the dash, and I don't know, nowadays it must be less. It used to be, it was 10, 9 seconds, a big thing. I don't know how it is. But the guy was the guy was unbelievable. So these legs, at least these legs, let's preserve them. And we can have these running legs and they can continue to race in the Olympics. But we understand that that's ridiculous. Other mace and then yechalalechis. A person dies. That's it. It's the end. The legs no longer have the chiyus, the ruach apnimi. Imkein b'shoshu haylech. So we understand that when the person, at the time that the person is walking, ha'kayach ha'maylech ha'isai hu kayach ha'ruch hu ha'kayach ha'ruch nishabai. What's carrying? What's what's carrying the legs and giving the legs the ability to move? to run and to jump and so on. That's the Kayach HaRuch Nishabai, that spiritual energy that's inside. Ha'im b'sha'ash adam ha'ilech hu'mezuha im ha'kayach HaRuch Do we ever think about that when we're walking? Do we identify, do we identify that act of walking with something spiritual, with something non-physical, or do we just see it as a physical act of walking? Or we just think that my legs are, are I'm, I am running. I am in a hurry. That I means my, my hair is running, my eyes are running, my ears are running, my, my, my torso is running, my entire body is running with my legs. With all one thing that's called a human being or whatever my name is, and I am running. So, does a person stop and think to identify himself with this that at this second at this second is giving life to every single every single molecule inside of me or, or maybe it's just my legs are carrying me. I want to go to this place, and I want to go, and the I consists of legs also, to go to place, to that place. Liyad, Elav, who writes a lagir to a place that I want to get to. Without ever stopping to think, without being misboinein, how did this happen? That's what we spoke about, that there's a, that there's a madrega of tzaddikim, like it says by Yankiv Avinu, Vayisa Yaakov Raglov, by Yaakovin, it says, Yaakov, which of course it says it by Yaakov, it means by all big tzaddikim. By Yaakov Raglov, <coughs> that Yaakovin carried his feet. Which Rashi points out over there. That Rashi points out that, that it's not like we normally, our feet, our feet, uh, we, we don't, we don't, the eye of the person is not conscious or aware. It's not conscious or aware of the of these movements that are taking place, but we, but, but by a tzaddik, by Yisayakiv Raglov, the Yisayakiv Raglov, the tzaddik, the tzaddik doesn't only walk; the tzaddik lifts up his feet, meaning that there's a conscious awareness and a thought of not just where I'm going, but the fact that I am going and how I'm going, and there's every single second that tzaddik is that tzaddik is aware, in a very clear way, he's been born in that reality of lifting my feet. Mashani can most of us. The way that we go through the way that we go through life is we don't think about these things at all. 
Certainly, there's no question that there is in each person this this spiritual hidden kayach that is hamaylechais that's carrying him. The big question of life, and we're going to be spending the entire sefer working on this. Are you aware of this? Are you conscious of this energy? Do you identify it with an open and cl- in an open and clear way or not? If a person identifies, identifies is not really such a good word, but if the person is misbeining, and in his body, and he thinks about deeply this kayach, and he identifies with this as being the source of life. Then this kayach is revealed in his life, and he's experiencing it. Nice, my son. He's breathing it. He's breathing. He's living it. He's breathing it. If the person is not identifying himself with it, then if he just leaves this up to his nature, the nature of a person is not to live and breathe the invisible energy that's that's causing the legs to walk, but rather the person and it left up to his own nature, only feels that he's walking with legs that are made from flesh, skin, gidim, and all kinds of arteries, whatever they got inside, not somas and bones. That means that this person identifies himself, he sees himself as chaymer, as physical matter. And if, if he is doing this, to identify himself with Chaimer, with the bones, the flesh, and so on, then and even though it's there every single second, but the Oilam Hapnimi Haruchni is Ne'elam Mimenu. It's totally hidden from him. Just like America was there every minute, but the people never saw it, they never breathed it, they never experienced it. It was just an idea, it was a concept. It's something that you could talk about in the, in the history class, in the geography class. It's you could talk about, but you're not there, you were, never, you were never in that place. You were never in that place. It's just an idea, it's a concept, but you were never there. As I mentioned the other day in the Chabur that we were talking about, by the Mizritcha Magid, I don't remember the exact mice, and it's a, it was a longer mice, but the Mizritcha Magid, Mizritcha Magid was talking about something, he was explaining something in the Zohar Kaddish, a very, very deep Indian in Kabbalah, that was something about the Oilamis, whatever, I don't know what, which, which Oilam, which world the Mizritcha Magid was speaking about. And there was somebody there that was listening who was new, to, who had come there, and he asked the Mizritcha Magid, he said, Rabbi, how, how do you know that that's, how do you know that that's, that that's true? And the Mizritcha Magid said, I just got back from there. Was, I was there, I was in that place. It's not a physical place. It's that Kerch Apnimi Aruchni. The Kerch Apnimi Aruchni that the Mizritcha Magad was in. We understand that in an opposite kind of way, there's a famous story that, that I've mentioned many, many times in Shul, all of you know, when the Baditshva went over to a Yid after diving, he said to him, he said, Welcome, Yankel, welcome, welcome back. So Yankel said, Rebbe, what it was it? He says, I want to welcome you back from... From uh, from Leipzig, it's Leipzig. I was never outside of Russia. I was never outside the Ukraine my entire life. I was never Leipzig. I was never in Leipzig. So the the said, the British says that during davening the whole time, you were dreaming about being in the fair, you know, being uh, making a lot of money at the uh, uh, selling something in Leipzig. And the Bashantav Akadah said that a person is where his machshavas are. Therefore, I want to welcome you back to Bedichev. Welcome back to Bedichev. So we understand that that there is a world there is a world that one can't that, that you don't see with your eyes 
you don't see with your eyes. But nevertheless, it's something which is real and something which is experienced. What, what the Mahabi here is explaining is that even though all of us are using this energy inside of us, the Karacharuch Nehapnimi, to walk, to breathe, to talk, and so on, but if we don't identify with it, then it remains an undiscovered continent, a huge, amazing, unbelievable content. Imagine if people were still sitting now, hundreds of years later, and they're still darshaning someplace in Spain or in Portugal or in France, wherever they were still darshaning. Maybe there is a place America, maybe there isn't a place America. Can you imagine what it would be? And all of the, and in other words, nobody ever actually took the trip. Nobody actually ever went to find out. Nobody found out. They were just sitting and writing books and, and, and postulating all kinds of theories about whether there is America or there isn't America, but nobody ever went. Nobody ever actually went. So then there wouldn't be there wouldn't be uh, America. So, what, uh, as we know, it. so many of our enemies would be very happy, but we understand that Alpitava, the world would have been destroyed already a hundred times over if not for America. <clears throat> and 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 uh, and it took a long time, and there was until some chevra got together. And they said, you know what? We've been talking about this long enough. Lama again. Let's go to that place. Let's go and see and breathe the air of that place. Let's find it and let's breathe the air. So he says, Al Every one of us, certainly as as people of Hashem Mitzvahs, every single one of us believes bikiyumo. Again, scientists call it something else. Each 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 field of each discipline has another way of calling this kayach ruchni by a different name. But as maminim, as Jews who believe, each and every one of us knows a million percent that there's a kayach ruchni. That there's something spiritual, there's something non-physical that is the source that's the root of my life. Every one of us knows that. Vaf a hundred percent we know it. adam, but a person is it can be compared to uh, to somebody. adam, kasefes, a person who has in his house a safe. A million dollar, and the person has in the safe a million dollars, which, as I said, is, you know, in Israelis, they still think that a million dollars could fix the entire government and could uh, pay for a lot of tanks and uh, all kinds of things. The truth is that we know over here in America that the hasag of a million dollars is not what it used to be. <clears throat> and it could be that that safe itself costs more than a million dollars. But this person has a kasefis, he has a safe, and inside the safe he has a million dollars. So it's Givaldic. So he's an Aisha, he's a rich person. He's a very rich person, he has a million dollars in the safe. But there's one problem. Elishaloi, ain es hakod hamanul es The only problem is that this person does not have the combination to the safe. He doesn't know the combination. He thought that he knew it, but he doesn't know the combination to the safe. So look what we have over here. Who are Shemutlag? We have a person who's fabulously wealthy. Fabulously wealthy. It's not a million, it's a hundred million dollars in the safe. A hundred million dollars in the safe. Achbapal, but Lamaisa, even though he has this wealth, this Aisha, Inside of inside of his house, it's sitting inside of his house. He has millions of dollars, and he knows where the safe is. And he says, "I know one million percent that my father, my zayde, my elder zayde, that they put in here millions of dollars for my father, my grandfather, my great grandfather, all the way back to the time of my shabbat. They've been putting money in this safe, and I know that one million percent is true." So the person says, "I'm an usher muflug." And he's telling this, he's got his, his wife is over there, and the children over there, and all the Meshulachim are standing over there, and everybody's standing around him, and he, and he turns around, and he's reassuring them every minute. Listen, Rabbi Yisai, you should know I'm a big Arshia. In the meantime, where is this safe? It's some horrible, broken little shack that the guy's living in. And his wife is wearing shmatas, and the children are wearing shmatas, and the children are crying, Tati, Father, Abba, something to eat. And the wife is saying, we, we, even for our little shack, they're throwing us out because we haven't paid rent. And the guy's leaning over there with his ear to the thing. He says, I know, it's just, I think it's another click to the left. It's two more clicks to the right. And the guy is dashing. He says, no, no, it's two times two. And then he press three and you do this. And you make to the right and twice to the left. And... In the meantime, the whole family is starving. All the none of the yeshivas are being built in Eretz Israel. None of the none of the stockers are being supported because this guy who, who looks at himself as being an usher, muflug, that's time an usher, but being 
but being somebody who's very, very wealthy, but a pile, but lemaisa, ain lois avsharos hamaisis lishtamish ba'ishroi. He could walk into, he could go into the store and say to the guy in the store, "Listen, Rabbi, uh, I'd like to have, uh, I'd like to have ten pounds of pastrami, another ten pounds of, of corned beef, uh, coleslaw." And he orders all this and that, and they ask him, "No." At the end, they ask him, "How are you going to pay for this?" So he said, "You don't have to worry because I live." He says, "Look out the window." He shows the guys out. He shows the guy in the store. Look out the window. He shows him a horrible, miserable little shack. He says, you see in that shack? He says, yeah. He says, in that shack I have a cassettes. What's that? I have a safe. Yeah. What's that? He says, I have that from my Zayde, from Elta Zayde. We have in our family accumulated in that safe. We have the Kalim from Bishamikdash Mamish. And I have in that safe unbelievable Aisha that you think you're somebody because you have this, you have this pathetic little uh, catering operation, this takeout place. You should know I could buy this whole city with the money that I have in that safe. So the guy says, Take. So he says, so it's not a problem. So you know what? I'll give you the corned beef from pastrami uh, when you come back. Uh, just bring me, if you, could, if you don't mind bringing me, I just need, need $68.22 from your wealth. If you could bring me back just to pay for the cold cuts. So the guy says, listen, it's, uh, I have in there enough money, as I said, I could buy the whole city. But I, right now, I can't get into the, I can't get into that. Why can't you get into it? I don't know the combination. There's a mistake with the combination. I forgot the combination. I had a messiah. We had in the family messiah, but over the years, what happened? Never, you know, came to America, <clears throat> came to America, and uh, slowly but surely we forgot. We forgot the messiah. We lost our connection to the messiah when we came from the old country. So we used to have all the numbers, and then slowly but surely we lost a little number here, a little number there, a little clip, a little tap, a little something. Episode. Along the way, we lost on the trip to America. And uh, some of the numbers fell into the ocean, and some of the numbers, whatever it is. By the time I got here to America, so I'm, I have here this Mitzvah of Aisha that's inside of my house, that's inside of my life. But the only problem is I don't know how to get into it. I can't access it. I can't go into that place. It's the, it's the saddest thing in the world. It's the saddest thing in the world. I I, I told I said that happened a short time ago that. That our family was eager to be at a simcha, and we were staying by wonderful people in a beautiful home in Brooklyn as guests for Shabbos, and and the uh, the the the, the there before we went to shul Friday, so so she told she told us the combination they didn't have you can't carry over there, so so she told us the combination how to get into the house. We were going to get back very late Friday night, and uh, and they were going to go to sleep, and she told the combination I wasn't paying any attention. Kedaki Bakaydish, I was relying on my wife as I do for everything else in life, and uh, and my wife is very good with this stuff, and not only that, but she she turned to each of the girls. And she said to each of the kids, "Do you remember? This is the combination." She checked with each one. Say that she didn't tell me, but she told each of the girls to think about the combination. And it's not a problem. It was very easy, and that you made up like some little niggin with the combination. And we walked off the shul to go for the simcha. We came back Friday night, very light, and it was very cold out. And of course, I told everybody, "Move over, move over." My is going to, Daddy's going to take care of this. And I start with the, with the clicking, with the clicking, with the turning, with the, with the different numbers. And, if, and right away, I start to accuse everybody. How could you forget? It was only a few hours ago. How come you don't? You couldn't remember the number. You went hold. I said, "No." They all agreed that this is 100%. This is the number of the combination. So. <clears throat> trying again, and maybe you have to, maybe you have to go to the left, uh, this way and that way. You know, anybody that's ever been in a matzah like this with a combination, you think that maybe you have to talk nice to it. You have to say, uh, you have to say, sir. You have to. It was going like this, mamish. It was very cold out. We're doing this for 20 minutes, a half hour, and then I start to to call out to the people. I thought maybe they would hear me knocking on the door, knocking on the door. But there's this big, big, big house, and the people are sleeping there, like a mile away somewhere, and nobody. And nobody heard anything, and we and we didn't know what to do to go to somebody else to mishpach to wake people up. We weren't sure what to do, and we were standing there with this lock for a long time, until finally, about next door there was a there was a uh, there was a yeshiva bacher that lives next door, and he was sitting in the kitchen. He saw that something was going on, and he came out and was so excited that this is Mamashi Yeshua, the bacher is coming, and he said, "Good Shabbos, good Shabbos." So happy to see him. He said, "Could you?" I said, "You know, you know the combination." He says, "No, I don't know the combination," but. 
Let me see if I could help. So apparently, what the, it could be that the woman forgot to say. She didn't realize that there's also, besides numbers, there are a few letters that you have a choice to choose from W, X, Y, Z, whatever. And that together with the number, after the number, if I don't remember, but you also have to press that, you have to, ask, you have to press that, that letter. And, and you know that feeling that you have when you're standing outside and it's cold, and you know that inside they made for you a beautiful, beautiful, warm bed, and everything is ready, and you know, your, your guest for Simcha to have a little basket with some cashews or something, you know, and some chocolates, and you ha- and not only that, but this place we were staying, they had even, they made a Shabbos lamp, and I had, they had, I had Sefer that I wanted to see, and I was so excited, and you're standing outside, and you have all the ices inside. What's an afkimina? You're standing outside on the street, screaming like a lunatic. Anybody passes by would arrest you. Let me in, help, let me in. You're screaming like a lunatic. And, and, and people say, what are you yelling about? What are you yelling about? You don't know. This, I have a place inside. You don't have a place. You're God. They can take you to jail. Maybe you're trying to break into the house. You don't even belong. You don't live here. So what's it like? Shalomoshal. Shabbos. Well, Shabbos. Chazal <coughs> say... That the Rosh told Meishu Rabbeinu, Matana Tovi Yeshi Beis Nozay Mamish. I have a precious gift in my treasure, in my safe. I have a precious gift. It's called Shabbos. Leichvi Adim Yisrael, go and tell, go and tell Bnei Yisrael that there is this precious, precious gift that's called Shabbos, Matana Tovi, that the Rosh has given, has given its worth. A billion times more than any billion dollars that could ever be. Any one of us that knows that we live, we live with Shabbos, we know that it's worth more than anything that, that can be. All the all the Aishavahain of the world cannot equal what it means for a Jew that has Shabbos. So the Baruch Shalom says, I have a precious gift inside of the inside of the safe. But if a person doesn't go inside that place, he doesn't know how to get into the safe. So then, then he could then he could then if you tell him. You have this matana toiv. He says, matana toiv. I understand. I have a day off. It's nice. I have a day off. So what? So, so the people that said goyim have Sunday off. Well, there are other goyim in the world that have Friday off. So you gave me a day off. The day off. You know what? I, I'd rather the man can say I'd rather sleep till ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. But I can't because I have to go to shul at nine o'clock, and uh, that takes up a couple of hours. If it were up to me, I would sleep all day. And you could have another person that uh, that that she's waiting for her husband to come back from Friday night from shul, and she's she's sitting there chasser uh, reading some kind of a novel, or some narishkeit. So the Rebbe the looks down at this and says, "Matana Rabbi, say I gave you the most precious gift in the world." It's a koyach pnimi ruchni. It's not just a matter of cholent and fish. That's part of it. But there's a koyach ruchni pnimi in the world that's called Shabbos. There's nothing in the world that's like Shabbos. Nothing. Not just what we feel that it's peaceful, it's restful. We get to see family. We get to see friends. You get to hear good shir. You get to daven a little bit. If we would know how to, if we had the combination, if we knew how to get into the safe of what Shabbos really is, the same way that the famous Maishu with the Bermaim Chaim gave that yid, because there was a precious Jew that gave him all his money to help somebody, and the Bermaim Chaim gave him a bracha, because there was a yid that had sorrows, and he gave all of his money, that he was saving all of his life to help a yid, and the Bermaim Chaim gave him, and the yid didn't want to have anything. So I want to do this Hashem Shalom. So the Bermaim Chaim said, you know what, I'll give you a taste of my Shabbos. A taste of my, because we know the Bema Chaim Shabbos, 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 Bema Chaim is everything was Shabbos by him, everything. The Sidush of Shabbos is the first Sefer that was ever in just a meaning of Shabbos. And they say by Bema Chaim on Shabbos, you know, the Maestro, when he came back from Mikvi, he looked different, he was taller, all different stories. They have Bema Chaim Shabbos. Kiddush, everybody had to stand 20 feet away from him, 30 feet away, because he was spritzing when he was, by Kiddush, there was wine flying all over the place. Shabbos by Bema Chaim. So he gave this Yid, he said, I'll give you a taste as a gift, I'll give you a taste of my Shabbos. And we know what happened. Then from then f- f- that, that was on Sunday, whatever. And then and Sunday he's already screaming the whole time, walking the street, Shabbos, Shabbos, and he would stop people and shake them and say, "Don't what are you stand? What are you? You know it's Shabbos." He says, "What do you mean Shabbos? Shabbos tastes Sunday." But soon, you have to get ready. It's Shabbos. Until when it came, when it came to Shabbos, he was mamish going out of his kalim, and his wife went to cry. The Rebbe he can't live like this. Take it away from him. He's going to die. He can't go like this. He was going out of his kalim. That's a taste of the Shabbos of the We know what it means. A taste. What would be a taste of the Shabbos? Of what if you taste Moshe Rabbeinu without masking at all? The Matana Torah, that even people like us, who are, what are we, nobody, we also feel there's a gift here. And we, and we feel that we're accessing something of a gift. We don't even know. So we feel that we opened up a tiny little, the safe has in it, let's say there's a safe in a safe in a safe. So maybe we opened up the outer door of the Azorah, of that world that's called Shabbos, which means what? Friends, family, davening, a shia, <clears throat> a good meal. 
B'Seder. So we also are thankful. And each and every one of us feels Gewalt. Shabbos is Gewaldic. And we, are, and we appreciate the Baruch Shalom's gift of Shabbos. We don't have an, any, we don't have even an idea of a taste of the Ramam Shabbos. What an Oisha, an Oisha, what a billion, trillion, billion, trillion dollars, what it means a Shabbos. But if you don't have the combination to get into that because Shabbos, Shabbos is only, only experience. You could talk about Shabbos, you could think about Shabbos, you could learn Swarm about Shabbos, you could write Swarm about Shabbos. But to live and to breathe Shabbos, <coughs> it's only if you have the combination. It's only if you can get into the safe. So that's what he says. Who are Shemuflog? Guys, fabulously wealthy. We look around us and we see that there are Jews that are not even religious. Hashem Yerachim, the Jews that are not that are not Shem Mitzvahs. Each and every one of them is carrying inside of his or her heart a kasef as a safe with all of the wealth of what of Avram Yitzchak Yaakov of Sarah Rivka Rachel and Leah. Every one of those Jews that's walking around is carrying. He has a Jewish mother. He's carrying inside of him and her. He's carrying that billion dollars of what it means to be a Jew. But even less than us, the person altogether over the years, the Messiah of the combination has been forgotten. Somewhere when they came from, when it came from, uh, uh, from Russia, from Poland, or from Hungary, from Germany, from Austria, from wherever it was, from Iran, from Iraq, from Morocco, that somehow in transfer, somehow over the generations, we've lost a click, we've lost a number, we've lost a little bit left, a little bit to the right. And, and the only difference is that those people who are not religious, they lost the Messiah of the combination altogether, and they don't even know that they have the altogether lost, and they don't even know that they have such a safe. Or maybe they, certain things that they preserved, but for people like us who, thank God, we still have, we still have the, the access to it. We still are, we still are, no one million percent that there's a kach ruchni inside Yiddishkeit, the gift of Shabbos, the gift of, the gift of Tfilm, the gift of, uh, of, uh, of Kashus, of every, of Taras Mishpacha, every mitzvah. But if a person, if a person only thinks about it and talks about it and doesn't live it, breathe and experience it, so then there's this magnificent continent. So we're better. We know that there is such a, tr- a treasure inside. The person that's not religious doesn't know. He doesn't know. We know that there's a treasure inside. We believe that Shabbos is a gift. We believe that davening is a gift. And yet we drag ourselves to shul. And sometimes the words are like poison. Until we can correct to get a couple of words out of our mouths. But anybody would ask you, you don't think that, you don't think that davening is a chashu? Of course. Davening is the most beautiful treasure in the world. So what's the matter with you? You don't seem to, you don't seem to be too excited about it. problem is... That we never actually went to America. We didn't go inside the safe. We didn't open up that safe. So practically speaking, I can't use the Aisha. If I don't know how to get in, if I don't know how to get in there, then I don't know how to use the Aisha. The Aisha is with me, like the famous Maisha that we learned many times. I'm not going to go into the problem because it's very famous, but the, it's told by Rabbi Nachman Brestel, it's told by the Rabbi Abunim Peshischa. But the Maisha about the guy that had a dream that he had, uh, that there was some big treasure that was buried under the bridge someplace, Chavais uh, and Lodge, I don't know where it was, he was going to go to this uh, Warsaw, he was going to go to this place, and he's going to dig over there, and then. And there's some policeman who sees this. There are variations of the story. There's a policeman who sees that he's doing something funny by the by the base of the bridge. So he's standing with the shovel and he gets worried. The police comes up. What are you looking for? So the guy is an honest guy. So to tell you the truth, you know, I had uh, I had a chalim, I had a dream that if I dig by the base of the bridge, uh, wherever this is in, in in Vienna, wherever it might be, if I if I dig over here, then I'm going to find the treasure. And the, and the police starts to laugh. He says, Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you something. I also had a dream. I had a dream recently that there's some yid by the name of uh, Feldman. And he lives, uh, he, he, you know, and he, he lives, he lives a uh, he lives someplace in, uh, he lives in, in, in Tarnopol. He lives in Tarnopol. And I, and I dreamt that this Yid, Feldman in Tarnopol, that if you dig in his basement, if you dig in his basement under the old stove, that there's a treasure. I had a crazy dream, so dreams. He says, listen, my friend, dreams are dreams. Don't, don't be silly. Don't pay any attention to dreams. So this, this guy's Feldman from Tarnopol, right? So he, he, he runs home. This guy had a dream that this Feldman in Tarnopol, kind of strange thing. He goes back and he digs on, he pulls up the, what wife says, what are you crazy? He pulls up the, he says, you are looking for the treasure in Vienna. Now he, he pulls up the, the oven, and of course, in the basement underneath, in his own house. There was an Aisha from his father, from his aide, from the other side. There was, there was a treasure. We had a relative in the family. My father told us that, that he had, uh, he was very particular about money. 
<coughs> they think that in some place they call that cheap. And he was very, very uh, cheap guy, and and he was, and even though he made a lot of money in his business, but he was very stingy of how he gave it to the family and to the stock. He was very, very stingy, and there was there's a messiah in his family. Apparently, my father had heard uh, years ago that he, in his store, that he had in the wall of different places, see, he had money. And, and when he was nifted, they were trying to find him. They were breaking through places, looking for the money, and they couldn't find. Uh, so he, apparently, he had an Aisha, but he had he had tremendous amount of money. But what's the difference? Lamaisa, the family had no benefit. It was never used. Kolono Ashiram of Logan, he writes. All of us are enormously wealthy. Unbelievably wealthy. Kulono Ashim of Logan, a million times Bill Gates, a million times Rothschild and Rockefeller. All of us are Ashiram Muflogan. Genuza Banu Nishamashi Khalakilakami Mal. Inside each and every one of us, including that Jew that's walking that doesn't even know that he's Jewish, including that Jew that just thinks that to be a Jew means to have every now and then the lax and bagels or whatever it means to 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 make it a, a joke. Every single Jew, every single one of us, in each and every one of us, there's a neshama, there's a chelik coming out, a part of God Himself is in each and every one of us. That's the kol haruch nepnimi is the rebbeinu Himself is inside each and every one of us. Ha'im yesh Do we have the combination, the code, to get into the safe? To get into that wealth that's inside of us, to get into the kaharuch nepnimi. Not that my legs just walk, not that my eyes look, not that my ears listen, not that my heart beats, but there's a there's a living God, there's an alakim chaim, there's a chilek called mamish and the shomish that's inside of me, that's more real than my eyes, that's more real than my legs, that was in existence before my legs, and it's going to exist after I die. Do I think about it? Do I know it? To get to the safe. To open it up. And to use this unbelievable gift that's inside of us. Do I think about it? Do I ever think about it? Do I know how? Or do I spend my entire life talking about the Neshama? Talking about spirituality? Talking about Shabbos? Talking about Torah? About mitzvahs? But never, but never living there? Never being there? Never opening the door of the safe and climbing inside? And actually looking at it and tasting it and breathing it and smelling it? Certainly we have this wealth. But are we actually learning it? Meaning, do we use it? Do we actually think about it and learn what it is and 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 use it, Lamaisa? And use it, Lamaisa? Hayyudi b'miuchad, a Jew in particular, Hayyudi b'miuchad. Yes, Al Shar Hanivroim, infinitely more so than any anybody else or anything else that exists in the world. Because everything, of course, everything is enlivened by. By something that's not physical, by that ruach. There's something. There's a ruach pnimi that gives life to an animal, that gives life to someone who's not Jewish, that gives life to all things, to a tree, to a bird. We understand that there's a koyach ruachni, but but the neshama of a Jew, a Yehudi b'miuchad, yes, al shaar nevroim, ha koyach ha ikari shenimsaboy hu nishmasay, the ikar koyach, the main koyach. Shenimsaba that's inside of him is Hunishmasai. That's his Nishama. That's his Nishama. Could be by everything else in the world, the ikr of that existence is its body, its physical reality. But by a Jew, that's not it. The ikr of a Jew is not his physical existence. Our worst enemies understand that about us. And as much as they've tried to stomp out our existence, they haven't been able to. Because the ikr mitzis of a Jew is not anything that you could that you could destroy in a guest chamber and not anything you could burn in a crematorium. You understand? The ikachis of a yid is his neshama. And a goy, our biggest enemies, don't know how, certainly don't know how to get to that place, chas of who we are, be'emes. And certainly, certainly could never ever, chas destroy the metzias of, of the metzias of, of one Jew, let alone the metzias of Klai Yisrael, what the Rishonim wanted to destroy of Klai Yisrael. The existence of a Jew is not his guf. It's the tofel, it's the secondary, minor part of the Jew's existence is his guf, is his body. By the rest of the world, it's a different equation. But by us, the ikir of a Jew is the kayach haruchni hagonus bekirbein. Ube ikir itay tzarech laleches. 
This is this is what the person has to live with. When you're walking, when you're talking, when you when you anything that you're doing in this world, to live with this and to breathe, to breathe this. Hamudas shalai, the consciousness of a person. Hazihu shalai, his self identity. Who are you? Who am I? Am I am I the person by this name? Am I this color hair, this color eyes, this height, this this uh, weight? Is that who I am? Hamudal shalom, hazihu shalom. The person's consciousness and his self-awareness and self-identity, who lo zihui shel can never ever be a zihui of chaimer of physical matter. Of course, that's your body, and of course, that's where you live. That's your address, and that's your couch, and that's your and that's your refrigerator. Of course, but the zihui to identify the etzim who you are, who you are, who lo zihui shel You're not. A piece of of flesh, shalyadaim. You're not hands, raglayim, legs, baser, flesh, or skin, gidim atzamis, arteries and bones. A person, a yid, every single minute of his life, has to identify himself, see his existence, see his existence not as not as a physical organism that can think and that can breathe, but he has to see his existence as a koyach ruchni pnimi, a koyach ruchni pnimi, that also functions in such a way that it that it enlivens my heart and my mind, and it gives my limbs the ability to move. But that's not who I am. I'm not my legs and my hands. I'm not my eyes and my hair. I'm not my teeth and my feet. I am be'etzim achelikul kami mal mamish. I'm achelikul kami mal mamish. The koyach haruchni aplimi, which is more real than any of those other things. Other all those other things, the hands and the feet, all of those extremities are merely, merely a tiny little, tiny little tip of the iceberg of what of one of the things that the neshama that that the koyach haruchni can do. It's a tiny little thing that the koyach haruchni can do. And by the big tzaddikim, they were not. My big tzaddikim, they weren't impressed by big walls. And if they had to go through the wall, they went through the wall. And they weren't impressed by oceans. And if there was an ocean, so they split the ocean. The oil the physical world, all physical matter, is only a tiny little part of what? Of, of how the hidden Kayacharuchni, the Kayacharuchni exists in the world and exists inside each and every one of us. And the tzaddikim, who identify themselves every second with the Kayacharuchni, they have the ability, they have the ability to, to change the world, to affect reality in such a way by using the Kayacharuchni Haruchni. It's not a trick. It's the Kayacharuchni Haruchni. But since that's who they are, you can't Make believe. It, it, either you are or you're not. We're going to learn how to identify with that. To identify with the neshama that's inside. We're going to learn. It's not hard. It's not hard to identify with the neshama. It's not hard. This is not difficult. It's It's not hard. What's required is a change, an adjustment in our orientation of how to look at things, an adjustment in our way of perceiving reality. <clears throat> and Bez Hashem, we're going to continue. We're going to continue next week to, to try to understand more. What does it mean? An adjustment in self-identification. What does that mean? And how do we begin? Since the Mechaber is telling us this is not hard, that means that even people like us can accomplish this. So how do we begin to work on doing this that we should be zeichet for that time that we'll be able to know the combination to get into the safe and to delight and to delight into the beautiful Aisha and to the wonderful gifts that Kosh Baruch has given us and ultimately to experience the gift of Yerushalayim, of Gula, of the 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 G